Starting now. I'm just a Hi, everybody. Welcome. Then someone's gonna come along. It's your boy. It's me. I'm calling myself real quick to enter the podcast. This is a live tape on the Frail Audio Network. It's your boy Johnny here. I'm not really a boy. I guess I'm a man. Technically, technically, I, I am, am, am a man. Technically. What is technicals? Okay, everybody, so this is a great podcast listening to right now. Great time to be here. Great time to be alive. Let's put this on speaker. Really fuck shit up. Cha. This is what I call AT&T Echo Box. Wow. Sounds pretty good, right? Pretty good, right? Sounds really good. Really great. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Thanks for being Thanks here. For being this here. is Live to Tape Live with Johnny Pemberton on the Feral Audio Network. Today I have a really cool have guest. Really, yeah. I'm really excited I'm really to talk to this person, this guy. I call this I better call this than a botanist. Because botanists, botanists are good. But botanists are like a little too technical. I don't like this fucking like echo. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I have better than a botanist today. Jeff Spurrier is going to be joining me via phone from his home in the wintertime in Mexico. And he'll talk all about it. Jeff Spurrier is a, is a, is a writer, a nature writer. He's written for the LA Times for years. He knows infinite amounts about plants and animals and ecosystems and stuff really uh, super fun guy to talk to I met him in the community garden years ago uh, but just want to remind you you are listening to live to tape and you need to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast if somehow you're here and you're not you haven't done all those things when I, I don't say that, say that idly I need you to do that to float this fucking boat we're all uh, floating in we're not sinking we are floating this is a floating boat all boats are floating. Otherwise, they're not boats. That's what I say. So, so, that's what I'm saying right now, okay? So, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And also, uh, please go to the patreon.com slash live to tape. Patreon is a thing that allows you to donate to the podcast because possibly you're not buying anything from the sponsors that I have on the show. If you do want to buy something for one of the sponsors in the show, please buy something. That's the best way to help the podcast out. And uh, we do want you to do that because this is a product that is, uh, uh, it is a free product to you. So obviously do you, you want to do that? If you want to, if you want to get the podcast ad free, you got a patreon.com slash live to tape and you donate. Also there's other, other cool features on there, uh, that you can donate for different, different levels of donation. And that is, uh, I'm telling you, it's a cool place. Also, check out the Facebook group. It is a group on Facebook. I think you just search Live to Tape Podcast and it will come up. And entrance is guaranteed. I guarantee your entrance. You answer those questions that are purely 
uh, I don't know what the word for it is. The purely um, not circumstantial, not um, there's a word for it. You know what the word is, and you can email me. Also, there's that live to tape podcast at gmail.com. So what I've said so far is rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. You've probably already done it. That's one. Two, visit the patreon.com slash live to tape page to make a donations to get premium content from this podcast. And when I say premium, I mean freaking premium, baby. I'm trying to get up on this mic to give a, a close talk feel, but guess what? It's a condenser, so we're not, we don't have that option here. And number three, if you need to send me your phone numbers, your customer service phone numbers. Look, a lot of you have sent me your personal numbers. That's cool. But you know if I call you on the podcast, it's going to be, unless you have some sort of extenuating, extenuating circumstance that there's something I sh- we're going to talk about that's really going to cause sparks to fly, it's all about the surprise. It's all about the misnomer. It's all about Kevin Tipcorn calling up somebody in a corporation and chawing their ear off with a little bit of jabberjaw, okay? Talk about that legacy scoop. So that's what I want at live to tape podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and go ahead and sl- slip those in there, okay? Uh, <coughs> uh, um, so uh, that's what I want to say to you. I also want to say that um, it's a cool thing to say, everyone. Uh, it's also a cool thing to say um, during Halloween to call it Thanksgiving and vice versa. This Thanksgiving, I urge you, call it Halloween. To your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones in a nice way. This is the kind of thing we need more of. We need more disinformation and sort of muddying of the water. It's not muddying the water. Because muddying the water, that becomes political. I don't want to talk about that crap. I somehow have stayed away from that for the past couple of days. What a boring, terrible thing all that crap is. But either way, yeah, confusion. Deliberate confusion. Please, we need more deliberate confusion in the world we live in. So... By all means, say good morning when it's night. Say good night when it's morning. Call Thanksgiving Halloween. Call Halloween Thanksgiving. That's all I got for you right now. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to ring up Jeff's phone. Maybe this will work. And keep him with live to tape, the policy. I'm just, you know, it's just loose. We're having a good time, obviously, because the, the, I'm spinning these plates no problem, right? No problem, baby. Here we go. Okay. I'm calling up Jeff. <clears throat> I'm calling him up. <laughs> Hello, you've reached Jeff Spurrier and No Please leave your message after the tone. <laughs> if you need to reach please call. Hilarious. Thank you. Record your message at the tone. When you are finished recording, press Calling him back. It's Thursday. It's that day. It's that day where everything's good. Hi, you've reached with Snyder's Lance. Sorry, I missed your call. What the hell? Message and oh, this is so difficult. This is the scourge of my existence. Scourge. Ha ha ha. Da, 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 da. 
Grocery Outlet, Bargain Market. How may I help you? Hi, this is Grocery Outlet? Yes, it is. Wow, that was so cool how you guys just, like, straight up answered the phone. I was expecting, like, a big menu with all these, like, numbers to push and stuff. That's so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to call and say that I discovered your stores recently. And uh, I just, it's like the greatest place ever. Um, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it right. Okay. Um, would you like me to transfer you to customer service so you can let them know? Yeah. Oh, so this is just, are you an operator or is that, is that what this is? Yes. I'm, okay. I'm the operator. Thank okay, you so much. You. You're welcome. One moment. I'm Kevin, by the way. Okay, Kevin. I'm Sarah. Sarah, okay, great. With, with an H? Uh, uh, without an H. That's how I do it. I'll I'll see if Michelle's available. One cool. moment. Okay. Great. I'll be holding. Hmm. Wow. They don't even have hold music. How good is this? I heard a weird sound. That's an interesting sound. It almost sounded like. Do you guys hear that? It almost sounded like a little bit of a, a hiss. Sort of like maybe a, an insect. Something's going on here. This is something's something's up. Hi, good morning. This is Michelle. How can I help you? Hi, Michelle. This is Kevin. How's it going? Hi, Kevin. Great. How are you? I'm really good, actually. You know, I um, yeah, I'm great. It's morning. It's Thursday. It's one of the be- better days of the week. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. I hear you. Yeah. I am off tomorrow. Oh wow! Wow, that must be special. <laughs> That's cool. Are you gonna get out yeah. of town? No, no, I'm going to stay local, but it's a good day to, you know, it's a good day to get some stuff done. It is. Um, to, to get to get stuff done or not get stuff done, you can kind of vacillate between yeah. the two. Yeah, exactly. I think I'll do a little of both. Nice. I think you're right. I'm probably going to yeah. do the same thing. <clears throat> Very good. I just want to call because I discovered Grocery Outlet recently. Uh, my friend talks about it a lot. He gets a lot of his products there. And uh, I sampled a bunch of them. We were on a, a backpacking trick. Tri- tri- not a trick. <laughs> there were no tricks there. Just, just a trip. <laughs> yeah. You know, nature does have tricks, though, you know. But um, Yes, I know. I'm a hiker, too. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so where did you hike at? Where did you guys backpack? Oh, we were in the eastern Sierras, um, pretty much. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting place. I feel like, you know, that Yosemite is so big. And people love going on the West Coast because it's so green. But the East is really, that to me is where it's at. It's uh, nice. It's so I've heard pretty. other people say that. It's great. And it's, it's a lot quieter over there. That 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 is the uh, the big part of it. It's quieter, so you have to deal with less riffraff, as I say. Yeah, yeah, the riffraff. <laughs> Nothing worse yeah. than riffraff when you're on the trail. You know, you got people. We saw some guys one time carrying a cooler on the trail with them. Oh my god! And guess what? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think. I hope I, they hauled it back out. I think they did. I think they probably didn't go very far. But the problem is, it was in a, <laughs> it's in Tuolumne Meadows, and I think there's not a whole lot of camping available until you hike for at least a few miles. So, um, wow, interesting, interesting may, choice. Yeah, no kidding. Well, maybe they'll plan better next time. Yeah, or you know, at all. Like, it sounds like the neophytes. Oh right? yeah. Wait, what, is the, what does that mean exactly, the neophytes? Oh, that means like a new uh, person, right? Like a newbie, yeah. <laughs> they were definitely newbies. They look like some, some college guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe wow. some, some young college dudes. Uh, and they so were, did you go recently? 
Uh, yeah, I was there. I don't. I mean, I guess I was there in August. Yeah. Oh, nice. Was and so was it hot? It was pretty hot, you know, but it wasn't as hot as it has been in previous years. Uh, I tend to go every year in August up there, and if you get up, nice. if you get up high enough, you're okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came up yeah. with a with this with a saying. Um, either uh, I keep forgetting how to say it correctly, and I've been talking about this for a while, and it's really embarrassing now. But it was basically either in the skeet or in the heat. In the in the, the, the skeet. The skeet, because the skeeters are really bad up at altitude. For some reason, this year they were oh. bad. Oh, got you. Okay, really? Yeah, they were. I mean, I've never experienced skeeters like this before. We were getting swarmed, and I was taking pennyroyal. You know that pennyroyal that grows up there? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh-huh. very, it's very fragrant. Almost smells like like a gasoline mixed with perfume. I was taking. Yeah. A, I mean, don't you think it smells <laughs> kind of like gas? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's not. It's more smells more like a chemical than than a plant. Than a plant, right? It's pleasant, but it's definitely yeah. chemically. And I was thinking, like, because this herbal armor we were spraying ourselves, which was useless. <laughs> oh, you, really? Oh, it was. Wow. It, there was no armor. It was like, I would, I, and if it was doing something. They just went right through it. I guess so. It, they seem to be unfazed by the botanical cocktail that is herbal, herbal armor. Uh, so and I was so thinking. so was that, oh, sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, please. I'm just going to say, you said this was at the higher altitude that they were there? Yeah, we were probably about maybe 8,000, maybe 7,000. Oh, wow, that sounds crazy. I know, I guess but there's, there's just so much fresh water up there, and I think this year, because uh, the, the rains were so big this winter, that they really yeah. just, the mosquitoes had a boom year. Wow, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense, for sure. Yeah, it was, it wow. was uh, we had to actually go back down, actually, because it was so bad. We're gonna stay out for a couple nights, but we decided to go back to back down to Mono Lake area because it's not you know there's oh, no skeets yeah. down there. Mono Lake, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, wow, that's that's a wonderful great. place to check out. Yeah, no mm-hmm. kidding. Wow. So I know you didn't call to share with Michelle all about your. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't mind. Honestly, <laughs> it's fun. You know, it's fun. Oh, that but that penny royal though. Yeah, I kept taking that penny royal and rubbing it on my neck and like making little like. You know the angler fish, that fish that has the thing that sticks out in front of its mouth. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I was I was like an angler fish, but for mosquitoes. I was thinking that might work. <laughs> oh gosh! Wow. I, so did you guys get bit up a lot? Yeah, I got I got peppered. Oh, that's a that's really too bad. Yeah, wow, it's, that it's is, a bummer. But I think you're right. I think it was probably from all the rain. Yeah, it was so pretty yeah, up there, that makes though. Sense. Yeah, I bet. And we got yeah, a fire going too, and the fire didn't really even do that much either. It's weird. Wow! I huh? Know. The new mosquito. The new, yeah, you know, it, it probably is right because they've been around I for so not. long. <laughs> the new mosquito. <laughs> it would make sense that they are sort of uh, they've figured out a way to because we we try to kill them so much, right? We just we're, we're always after them, and obviously it's mm-hmm. not working. Yeah. Because they got they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're here to stay. Oh wow. Huh. Well, they can only stay for so long, and then the the cold will get to them. Right, because I guess they their life cycle is pretty short. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, rest as long assured. As they don't lay too many eggs before they uh, come to their own demise. You know? Life after death. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you get bitten by mosquitoes a lot, or no? Some people have it worse. You know, like their blood type, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. No, I've always been pretty. Uh, 
pretty safe. I have gotten bit, but not not much at all when I think about it. And I think that for me, uh, putting on some kind of repellent usually works. Okay, really? I haven't really had problems. So, yeah, I guess I'm one of those, yeah, fortunate ones. Do you use, do you use, um, uh, do you use like a deet free option or no? Do you do do you do? Uh... I try. Yeah, I think I've done both. I've done both. Have yeah. you? Have you ever tried? And the, I'm trying uh... to think what I have in my. In your thing. I have ever tried what? Oh, if you, what what do you think you have in your kit? Your yeah, kit? no, I I yeah I can't remember what it's called, but it's one of those commercial ones. Hmm. I have two of them actually, and I haven't used them in a long time, and I was going through some stuff, and I um I. Found them. I found them in a really strange place, hmm. um, and thought, "Oh yeah, that's why I couldn't find them." Um, and so, yeah, I didn't even pull them out of the bag. It's like I, I'm not really. It's not really an issue for me. But yeah, if I was going backpacking or day hiking, even in certain areas, then, then yeah, I'd probably bring it along. Well, some places. Last yeah. time I was in Yosemite was two years ago. Hiked up, okay, up to the falls and all that, and. And there, there were a lot of mosquitoes around the lower Lake uh, mm-hmm. Merced Lake, Merced, Merced River. Oh right, there were a yeah. Lot of mosquitoes, and there was some a couple from Germany, and I had to. I asked them if they had any bug spray, <laughs> and they, they were gen- generous yeah. enough to share theirs with me. That's cool. They were prepared, right? Because they were from Germany. Yeah, they probably <laughs> loved that locals, moment. You know, <laughs> they're, they're probably excited to interact with a local. Oh yes, they they want the bug spray. <laughs> We have multiple yeah, varieties. Yeah, they could help me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they could actually help me instead of, uh, you know, me being able to help them, you know, as a visitor. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe if you're visiting, I mean, I always overpack, so I'm always looking for an excuse to use the things that I've overpacked. So maybe someone like, oh, oh yeah. did you forget something? Oh, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, those are good. those are good people to know on the trail. For sure. Overpackers? <laughs> the ones who overpack, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me. Have you ever tried yeah. pea zoots? No, what is it? It's something that was in grocery outlet my friend bought. This is sort of how I got started on this whole oh. thing. Is he he yeah. bought these things called pea zoots. It's like there's peanuts. It's the worst name ever. It's an unfortunate name. It's hard to remember. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to spell. It doesn't seem like it's not indicative of what it is. But it's these peanuts made by this company. It's P I Z double O T Z, and they're the best. They make a sea. They make a salt and vinegar peanut, and it's just like you can't stand it. It's so good. Oh wow! Wow, that's cool. Okay, yeah, they're really so good. So, did you find a number of things to pack? Oh yeah, from grocery outlet. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just out of hand. It's something where they go in there. And everyone, there's a couple things about grocery outlet I want to get down here. Number one, there's something like in the air there. It's very mellow. It's not like any other place I've ever been for food shopping. There's like a, there's like a weird sort of time warp where no one seems to be <laughs> rushed or like angry or some. There's some sort of weird thing. Oh, nice. There's, I've That's noticed nice. that. Yeah, uh, maybe it's just the one here that I go to in Burbank, but uh, there's that. Also, everyone who works there is super helpful and also, like, very, very friendly, but, like, not in, like, a, like a Trader Joe's way, more like a, mm. just kind of like, like, everyone seems to be kind of kooky. <laughs> but, like, so, like, a I love it. kooky That's friendly. That's grocery outlet, that's for sure. <laughs> what are you doing? How did, what's, how did you do it? Gee, I don't know. You know what? You know, each store is independently owned and operated. Okay. 
So I, it probably has a lot to do with the owners of the Burbank store. Hmm, that may be it. Yeah, so they must just be some really, you know, people with good vibe and they're mm-hmm. friendly and they're just a little bit kooky. But the products, too, the, the price, the, the availability of certain products and the prices are just, are you kidding me? I go in there, I'm like, because I used to shop at Whole Foods a lot, and there's a lot of stuff you guys have mm-hmm. there that mm-hmm. it is half or more the price of the thing that they're charging for. And it's this, it's, it's oftentimes better quality. I just don't get it. Yeah, nice. I know. You know, I've been experiencing that, too. I live in which is, you know, uh, east of Okay. And I had a, I had a new leaf next to me uh, in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, new leaf started in Capitola, Half Moon Bay area. Right. And so they were kind of your alternative shopping experience, kind of like a cross between Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were priced like Whole Foods is. But I could find product in both Whole Foods and New Leaf and then go over to Grocery Outlet and find that same product, uh, the same brand. And I'm kind of a brand shopper, so for me the brand kind of it matters. is important. And, yeah, and uh, but it was amazing to me that I, I would find these brands, these same brands that were at Whole Food and New Leaf, and would be marked down, way marked down at Grocery Outlet. Outstanding. Because, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's kind of a cool find when you know when you come across that. The only thing is, is that there's no guarantee that the product will stay. Exactly. You know what I mean? And now we're back so, to pea zoots. Pea zoots. It's like I want these pea zoots. <laughs> But I don't okay. want to have to. I don't want to have to order direct from P Zoots. Yeah. Okay. So tell me how you spell it again. It's P I Z double O T Z, which is Paul okay. Indigo and Zulu, Oscar Oscar Tango Zulu. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And mm-hmm. it's peanuts. And they're. Do they have other flavors besides the salt vinegar? They have a lot of flavors. They have New York Dill pickle. They have Bay Spice. They have some. <laughs> they have. I mean, I've only tried a few of them, but they are. Good, and they are they are premium Virginia artisan art, artisan peanuts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that says a lot, really. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. where the best peanuts come from, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They are they are so, down to the wire, the hottest nuts in town. <laughs> okay, so you know what I'm going to do is I can um, I can go over and chat with the buyer. Okay, and see they can take a look and see if there's any. Um, in in inventory in the warehouses, and then in particular in Burbank in the Burbank store, and see what the what the scoop is on that. I can call you back, or and or um, we can send a note to Burbank, and I can let them know, let the owners know that there's uh, that will be, there's customers be that are interested in their pea zoots. That'd be great. I love that, and I would love uh, if you maybe if you want to email me or call back. It's great. Email is nice because then I have it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, email's good. Okay. Yeah, what's your email? My email is, uh, it's a weird email, but it's real. It's a... Uh... Okay, now that does beg the question. Mm-hmm. Well, uh-huh. my name was taken... What? Uh, at... Yeah, at... Okay, all right. Gosh, I don't want to have to repeat that too many times, though. Well, it's easy to spell, and it's hard to forget. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Michelle. So, um yeah, yeah, Kevin, it was good talking with you. Likewise. And, uh, we'll I'll, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in touch. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye. Peace. 
Well, that was just wonderful, wasn't it? We contacted a great corporation that somehow is just too good to be true. So there's something in the water there at a good old grocery outlet, a.k.a. Gross Out. The cool thing about Grocery Outlet is is the acronym, the, the, the short thing, the way to describe it is Gross Out, which makes it sound gross, which, make, which keeps away the riffraff status assholes. That's the cool thing about Grocery Outlet is that it keeps out the status. It keeps out the clean white Mercedes with the, with the no license plate. That's what it does. It keeps out the fucking shitheads because you can't shop there. It's, it's not statusy. We're calling up Jeff now, baby. <laughs> Run and roll. That was a fast segue, but I'm sorry. I just want to get down to it. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Johnny. How you doing? Good. Good to talk to you. Good. Yeah. Good to hear from you. How's the weather? Uh, the weather here is beautiful. Totally oh, blue skies. Wow. So, what's the temperature like? Oh, uh, yeah, somewhere in the high 70s. High probably 70s. In, in the sun, it's probably in the mid-80s or a little lower. Oh, cool. And this is, uh, this is the, um, where in Mexico again is this? You, where this you is the, uh, I'm in San Miguel de Allende, which oh. is in central Mexico. If you visualize the map of Mexico, it's shaped like a, a, like a pyramid on its head a little bit. It's an upside-down triangle. Right. If you put, put your finger right in the middle of it, that's where I am. Oh, cool. So is that like a mountainous area or not really? No, it is mountainous. It's uh, almost 7,000 feet. It's like wow. Denver a little bit. It's, uh, but it's a high plateau. We don't have... We don't have Rockies. You know, we have low mountains that maybe extend a thousand feet higher. We're in a big uh, plain. Mm-hmm. It's called the the Bajio, which means the the, bas- the bread basket. It's essentially the breadbasket of Mexico. It's the basin because things drain into this basin. So it's a major waterway for anything, everything from butterflies to cranes to egrets to wow. ducks to hummingbirds. They, and you see them all the time flying up and down different arroyos and going down to the lakes or up to the reservoirs or wherever. Is this where so, the, 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 uh, the great monarch migration takes place in this area? No, the monarch migration takes place west of us in Michoacan. Okay. And that has really high pine forests. And okay. that's where the monarchs go. There used to be pine here, but when the Spanish came, they cut down all the pine to build... Uh, essentially the framework for the mines because this was one of the major silver production areas in the 16th and 17th centuries and it built this town you know the people who financed the mine lived here the mines were out and so as a result the inquisitor came here they had purges here they have big big rich houses here haciendas and the revolution started here oh i didn't uh, know that okay yeah, the revolution. So that's what it's famous for is is starting the uh, the revolution against Spain. Mm. Um, not not the last one, yeah. <laughs> the one before that. The original. Uh, yes, yes, yes. The original. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a- it's a it's a pretty town. It's it's very walkable. You don't need a car here. Um, it's cobblestone streets. It's two hundred and three hundred year old buildings with you know two foot walls. Wow. Um, and a lot of agribusiness on the fringes. This is San still very Miguel much. San Miguel de Allende. 
Mm-hmm. Allende was the was the Spanish Criollo uh, captain who, or I don't know what his rank was, but he kind of led this this revolution. And so, and the but and the patron saint of the town is the Archangel Michael. Oh, he's so a good one. Family, <laughs> he's a good one. He's not bad, but you see his image everywhere on, like you know, with his hand holding the sword to strike the serpent. That's cool. So it's, it's a cool place to cool. visit, isn't it? If you want to visit the place. It is. It's it's been number one on on on, on travel sites and and travel and leisure mm-hmm. and I don't know about uh, Conde Nast, but I know travel and leisure has been called it number one last year. It was number one the year before that. Um, it's built for tourists now. Okay. That has changed quite a bit, but we have all, a lot of restaurants and it's the wedding capital of Mexico, so people come here from all over Mexico to get married. Um, so it's the classic it's, good with the bad. Um, yeah, good with the bad. It's, it's kind of, it, it has turned into a party town, um, but it's not all the time. Mm-hmm. And the partiers are primarily Mexicans, locals, nationals. Right. It's, it's, not, like a, it's not like Cabo. Okay. You know? it's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a spring break thing. No, no, no. It's not a spring break thing, oh, even though... <laughs> Even though you do, you know, hear that, you hear, like, raucous parties till 4 a.m., that kind of stuff, and drunks puking outside in the door, in the alleyway, <laughs> possibly, you know. It has that, you know, but it's small. It feels like a really small town, yeah. which is, it's a, it's appeal, you know. So I and should, I like it here. That's cool. Well, I should tell, give listeners a little intro. I introduced you before I called, but I was saying how you're a writer, a uh, nature writer, and uh, your wife is a photographer. Mm-hmm. And you guys, uh, what brought you down there? Because you you spend how much of your time of the year do you spend down there? I'm down here all the time now. Okay, so um, full time. Yeah, pretty much full time. We're back in Los Angeles maybe two months of the year now, mm-hmm. um, but that might change because we have um, Anne's mother mm-hmm. is in a Alzheimer's facility here. Okay. We moved her down here from Missouri because the quality of care was so much greater, wow. so much better, and she, you know, she has lived longer than she would have lived in, in, if she had stayed in St. Louis, does no she, doubt. Does uh, her mother speak Spanish? No, no, she does, has Alzheimer's. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know no, she doesn't. Okay. She's, she's, uh, she kind of, I mean, she's 92 now, Okay. and we moved, moved her down here four years ago, and... You know, Alzheimer's, she, she recognizes Anne. She mm-hmm. knows her name. Right. Sometimes she doesn't really remember who I am, but I've taken care of her. The first two years I was here by myself, and Anne was still teaching in Los Angeles. Okay. And so I spent a lot of time with her as a result because I would see her three, four times a week. Right. And she re- kind of knows me as like a really as a good guy in <laughs> some way. She didn't like me when she had her wits about her. Oh. She didn't like me very much. Oh, well, um, that's that's a. I don't but, know what the, it go, goes both ways. Yeah. Exactly, it goes both mm-hmm. ways, and you know, it she, now she does, so that's <laughs> fine. You well, know, so so you could don't call me a nature writer; just call me a journalist, freelance okay. journalist. I just, just call me a freelance journalist. I work primarily for the Los Angeles Times. I travel and leisure. I'm working for recently. I wrote a did the online guide for for San Miguel de Allende oh, cool. for travel and leisure, which is where I am now. This nice. Was, and that's, this came out in 2016. Um, well, but can I call I you did, a garden writer? <laughs> well, 
Well, you can. You, you can call me a travel writer, a garden writer, but I covered uh, music in, for the calendar section for eight years. Cool. Also, people sometimes know that my name from that. I covered clubs. I worked for the Reader back with Matt Groening as my editor. Oh, wow. Uh, so it goes back like that. It was yeah. like a, I was a freelance journalist when there was still freelance journalism right. happening in Los Angeles when magazines were booming, you know? Things have changed yeah. significantly. Well, no, no kidding. And yeah. now I'm in Mexico, you know, I mean, which right. is fine. And I taught for, for six years at Cal State LA. I taught journalism. Um, yeah. So I would call me just a freelance journalist, and I'm still working. I'm still writing. Um, I'm with the changes at the LA Times, I'm not writing as much for them. Mm -hmm. They have a new publisher. Who knows what's going to happen there? But they were... I could come down here and cover San Miguel because, and write about gardens down here because it existed. And there was really interesting NGO things happening with, with edibles for oh, poor really? people out, out in the countryside. And there was a market for that at the LA Times with my last editor. With my current editor, no. Um, and they, I think, had a, a directive to kind of cut back on local mm -hmm. only and not, pub, not waste print on going abroad, which is what I am. Okay. And so, you know, I, I mean, my, it might change in the future. I could easily see it changing. Hmm. You know, I could easy, I easily see pitching. I still pitch stories to the travel section and, hmm. and sometimes get a job, but not so often, you know, because I don't pitch as much as I used to. So I think also. We talked an email a little bit, and you sent me a bunch of things that you were talking about that's really interesting to you right now. Um, mm -hmm. such as the squirrels, <laughs> which I think is well, so funny. Yeah. Well, in Los Angeles, in uh -huh. Echo Park, where we have a house, and I had gardens. The entire time I was uh, writing for the L.A. Times, and I was doing covering community garden mm -hmm. or, or master gardening classes or edible. What Global Garden was the last one I did, and it was focused on, when I talked to you before, it was focused right. on on edibles that immigrants had bought to Los Angeles and kind of enriched our palate. Right. And our gardens and our landscapes, both. And, but I was really focusing on edibles. I liked focusing on that. My editor kind of preferred it, Craig Nakano. Mm -hmm. And I used that garden in, which was on a ridge in Echo Park. Off just, you know, I could see Dodger Stadium. I oh, could see cool. the lights. Um, but I used that garden as kind of my experimental plot where I would try things that I would later write about and take, and Anne could take pictures of. Mm -hmm. We could, you know, take pictures on our porch. And the squirrels were just hell on earth. <laughs> I mean, raccoons are one thing. Raccoons, you understand, are a gang, and, and you kind of grant them their turf. You sort of back up and let them pass through. Yeah, well, I've had some problems with raccoons recently. I've only recently got able to it was able to fix with peppers and stuff wait peppers did you use pepper spray or yeah, pepper I, cayenne i take i grow a lot of cayenne like tabasco chilies and i'll take them and i'll i'll crush them up and rub them on everything i'm, I'm about to make a pepper a pepper and garlic spray evidently you take a a bunch of garlic and a bunch of peppers and you boil them for a while and you like take that mixture and put it in a spray bottle because evidently that drives them away they don't like the smell but and, yeah my worst Worst point, I was taking ground cayenne and like sprinkling all over the garden just to keep them out because they were digging up everything for the grubs. 
Uh-huh. Was, yeah. it, was, it, was it raccoons or skunks or both? I'm pretty sure it was a raccoon because the backyard is pretty much fenced in from skunks. I think it's got to mm-hmm. be a raccoon because we would see a raccoon out there all the time. We also see paw oh, prints, yeah. raccoon yeah, paw yeah. prints and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Those things are – they're just – they're nightmares. And that's – because it's like they're not – destroying the plants they're destroying the dirt <laughs> they're ripping up yeah. everything it's like someone came out there with a hoe and just just went to town yeah they they, they recognize no 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 niceties basically yeah, right right i talked to i i did a story for the times about some woman in that had a gar i i think it was off of a okay i'm not sure that's not that maybe far away. maybe not that far. Okay. And she had the fence in her entire back garden mm-hmm. because of the raccoons. She said the raccoons were <clears throat> were so invasive and so strong and so fearless. Yeah, so, they can do anything. Know. They can they just have no fear. You put up any any kind of the conventional things to get them to go away, they just yeah. they're just not scared. We have a huge dog who's out there all the time. Oh my and God. they don't they don't care. I guess they just don't care. They they're just so they're so smart. Yeah, but they're yeah. going for the. I think they like corn. I think they like the main thing they like are the, are the grubs, are the um, the scarab beetle larvae that live oh. in the dirt, which are huge, yeah. they're like the size yeah. of a, your thumb, you know. Yeah, and those are like such a good. If I was a raccoon, I'd be eating those all as much as I could get because <laughs> they're like these big protein blast. Oh, big juicy white worms. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're yeah, big. Yeah. They're big old grubs. Disgusting. Yeah. But they, well, so, someday <laughs> after the zombie holocaust, we'll be out there with the, yeah. with the raccoons That's digging for the grubs. Uh, working on, like, grub farms. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the squirrels are like a nightmare. And right. in, in Los Angeles, it, they're all tree squirrels. So they live in the eucalyptus. Right. Here, in, in Echo Park at least, and here they're all ground squirrels. And they live in the uh, rock walls. Mm-hmm. And and make holes in foundation areas where they where the foundation meets the ground. Yeah. Um, they come over over walls. We have, you know, four meter high walls around our our our, lo- our houses here, and they just come over them no problem. They're four like four meters. Yeah. yeah, four meters yeah, is most, very high. Twelve foot. Yeah, twelve wow. foot high on one side. Okay. Is that like a security thing, or is that like a traditional? It's a traditional thing. Everybody yeah. has high walls here. Everybody. Oh. And um, actually, the walls, the walls on the side are like three meters. Okay. And, as, and we're on a, again on a hill. And as we go mm-hmm. up the hill, like, they get higher, um, which is a drag because as a result, you, people cut off your sun. You know? Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that, that, I was going to ask about that because that, that's, a, that's a definite consideration is the sun. Well, we grow a lot on the roof. I mean, I grow in my garden as well, and the, the, our, we've had this house since 1995. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, giant bamboo, timber bamboo, uh, maybe 50 feet high, wow. 40 feet high, and, which we scattered around in various places to kind of block our na- invasive, you know, bad views. Yeah. There's a building across the way <laughs> we don't like. Yeah. And, and we have mature oranges, sour orange, sweet orange, uh, I uh, two avocados, Ooh. a walnut tree. <clears throat> what kind of walnut? Black walnut. Black walnut. Are those like um, ex- exceptionally hard to crack? Someone was telling me that that the nut. I, mean, I don't. Know, I don't know. 
I'm not sure that they're black walnut, but they okay. look like a walnut, like you would buy in a store. Okay, so maybe you know, they're not black walnut, because the black walnuts grow all over L.A., I'm pretty sure. And they seem and to be w- like... when you crack them, are they black inside? Yeah, they're, they're very black, yeah. These, some of these used to be black, but it wasn't black from the type. It was like the black from, the, from rot or age. Okay. And when I, I mean, that's, the squirrels come for the walnuts. And I have oh. this battle with the walnuts, with the squirrels <laughs> of like, when are the walnuts ready? When can I pick them before the squirrels will beat me to it? And, you know, I, I usually wait for the walnut pod to crack slightly. Right. Indicating that it's, it's bringing in the moisture. And that's when I start to shake them down or to pluck the ones I can reach. And the, and the ones I sit in, if I let them sit in the tree even just a little bit too long, it's like Squirrels. I come over the next day, it's like that whole branch is decimated. It's like nothing there. It's like wallets were never there. And then I find them months later, you know, all over the yard. It's like you know, peaches buried. too, right? I think with the peaches typically, the squirrels can eat them before humans can, so they always win. Yes, yes. <laughs> but this, they, and they do that to my tomatoes, but they don't eat the tomato. It's really? like they... What do they eat? It, we have... They just kind of like nibble at it and ruin it. <laughs> you know, just, and, and just enough to ruin it. Yeah, they're just ruining it. Just like, why not? I, but we have bird feeders here, mm-hmm. and that, that draws squirrels as well, so I really don't blame them. I've got a live trap here that I had to go to various hardware stores mm-hmm. and look for them and explain what I wanted. I wanted like a live, like a rat trap, but big. You know, like mm-hmm. for a big rat. And so I got the biggest one. It's very simple. You put peanut butter at one end that trips the slamming shut uh, entranceway. Right. And I, for last spring, when I really got into this, I trapped about eight or nine because there had been a family that had obviously had kids and the kids were all coming over the wall. So I, I got crazy and I started trapping them. And I would take them about, at first I would take them about two kilometers away, three kilometers away, and drop them off in a, in a park up there. This is squirrels. The, the squirrels. Right. And, then I, and then I started reading online about people saying, oh, no, you've got to take it miles away, miles away. <laughs> so take, I took them, you, you know, 12 plane miles. Ticket. Yeah, I took them 12 miles away across two four-lane highways right. and dropped them there in the countryside. And, and I, I did that for all the rest of them except for a, a few. And... That definitely eased my squirrel population. Weird. I mean, I didn't get rid of it, but it made it, you know, at least bearable. Man, that's so much effort. It's crazy how, like, like could you imagine being a farmer? Yeah. Like, well, now you know why people poison squirrels. Yeah. Because you know? they do, you know, and we didn't want to do that here. And right. We have, a, we have a rat problem in Los Angeles in Echo Park. Really? And. Yeah, because there was building behind us on, on the hill. Mm-hmm. Houses got sold, and they remodeled, and they rebuilt. And as a result, all the rats that were living in their crawl spaces and basements started moving around. They came to our house, and mm-hmm. it's been about a month getting rid of them. But all of our neighbors had rats. And I, and I wondered if, if it was yeah, – it's a very woody sort of ridge, and I yeah. wondered if it was like uh, the rains, the heavy rains got a lot of – you had a lot of kids as a mm-hmm. result, but – and then I read rats can have 2,000, one rat, a mama rat can have 2,000 kids a year. Oh, yeah, they so, can go nuts. Yeah. So. Man. I don't think I, don't think I have rats in my, pro- in my garden, thank God. I guess this I'm just world. lucky. I should be lucky now just to have a raccoon problem that that's currently being abated by the peppers. But I'm just, yes. I just started my, um, 
I just put fava beans in the ground and I put a bunch of arugula down mm-hmm. too. And I'm just, I'm worried that the soil is going to be rich enough that it'll attract grubs and then it'll make them dig up my, my precious, yeah. delicate seeds. I'm so worried about that because right now it's like, you know, it's, I've got about a month here where shit's got to stay pretty much undisturbed. Otherwise, it's going to be all, I mean, not, not totally undisturbed, but if a raccoon goes in there, one night can just undo all that work with the seed, all the That's seeds right. I planted. So I'm about to Is put there- peas in too. Are you you're growing in the ground? Uh, I have a raised bed that's on the ground, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes and no. How, how raised is it? How high off the ground? It's about uh, two feet, maybe. Yeah. Okay. It's not super high. I was looking at these things that I saw on, online because mm-hmm. for not only for the squirrels, but I feed all these birds in my yard, so I have, and they're only like fifteen. 10, 15 feet away from my two growing areas. I grow a lot in the roof. Okay. That kind of, that kind of works. That's what a lot of people do here. So it's container gardening. Roof. Yeah, it's container Well, it's what you do, you can, on the, uh, just outside of town here is a place where they sell pallets, you know, you know yeah. pa- shipping pallets. And you can get them in all different sizes and grades of wood, right. essentially. It's like a big junkyard. And I bought some shipping pallets there, really long ones. I don't know what they held, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, 10 feet long and two feet wide and put wheels on them and reinforce them and kind of roll them around on my roof. Cause I have a flat roof. Right. And it kind of worked. It kind of worked. I mean, it, it, it got really heavy cause I loaded up full of soil <laughs> and then it rains heavily here and you have to plan for a little bit of that, but it did take away the squirrel problem. I could grow arugula and, um, all of my kind of, greens, lettuces that are going to germinate quickly and I'm going to get stuff off them quickly. Mm. And in three weeks, I'm going to get lettuces. No that way. stuff, That's that fast. stuff worked. We get lots of sun here and we're okay. high. Yeah, what, know, what does we, that elevation do to the, what, how does that affect things exactly? It, I think, seem to, to pop. Things, everything grows well here because we're high. I, I assume it's because of the clearer air mm-hmm. and because the elevation, you have more sunlight. Right. You know, it, there's less less crap to get so through. It's, re- it, it's super good air. Would you say it's like yeah. sunlight without heat? Because I feel like I have this problem in my garden, at least where I built it. It is, uh, it's south-facing, I believe, and uh-huh. it's got a white wall, the garage behind it, and it's got concrete in front of it. So it's this yeah. thing where... I feel like it's like a fulcrum. It's like a, uh, it's almost like a, it focuses the sun in a way that not, it, it doesn't just get a lot of sun. It gets reflection of sun and also yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems to, it seems to get a lot of the heat is so high that it just dries out the soil really rapidly. So, but isn't, isn't if you're a high love, high elevation, you get the brightness of the sun, but it tends to be cooler because the elevation, right? Doesn't, doesn't. I, I, I don't know. I, when you go out in the sun here, it can fry things. Okay. I mean, I, I had some seedlings, uh, like last week. I, had mm-hmm. some, I was starting to went to sorrel and cilantro mm-hmm. in one of the, one of those, uh, it's like a covered seed bed. Right. Um, a little portable seed bed and I'd put it on like a heater to gen- help germinate it. And I was watching these things, hoping they, they won't get too leggy. And I thought, oh, well, they're just not getting enough sun. Mm-hmm. So I put them out on, on a patio, early morning sun, and kind of forgot about them. Blasted. I mean, 
And they uh, came back like an hour later, and like everything was dried up. You couldn't even see there were plants in there. Wow. It dried so much. Yeah. And so the heat can, in the sun, in the heat, when the sun is high, or say 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. to like even 4 p.m., especially late afternoon sun here, because my roof is, is 360 degrees, essentially. Okay. Yeah. And the western sun is like so hot you know, when mm-hmm. it gets to like that three o'clock position and it just like cooks everything. So I have to put, uh, we, you can get this uh, shade cloth here. Right. I'm sure they have it at garden. Yeah, I shade and, cloth. and I cover everything with shade, you know, it, right. it, especially March, April, May, when it's dry season and, and the sun is really moving towards warm. Mm-hmm. Then I try to cover things and it makes me look at things, you know, uncover it and see how it's doing and then put it back on or not, you know. How do you put the shade cloth on? Because I have like a weird thing where I, I build sort of like a little lattice work, like a frame with bamboo that's, poles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that. That's totally what I did. Okay. It doesn't work very well, but, you know, you try. At least mine hasn't, but it, it kind of works. It kind of mm-hmm. works. And yeah, it's we weird have, how it doesn't work. It's, I mean... It's different because I, I, I was using it this past summer because I'm still having this problem with my bed where it's just yeah. it's so hot and so bright that stuff doesn't grow. But then you see stuff growing around the shade cloth, like the tomatillo. I'm like, what are you doing? That kind of shades well, you out. Yeah, well, tomatillo's going to love it, though. Yeah. You know? Tomatillo loves sun. Okay. Tomatillo really loves sun. But it was so leggy. It was like it didn't, it yeah. kept, all the fruits kept dropping <clears> off. <throat> it was something where. I kept having success with growing the, the, what do you call it? The uh, the structure of the plant, right? The nitrogen, isn't that like yeah. a nitrogen-based thing? I had that, yeah, yeah. but then the, my fruits were everything just phosphorus. drops off. Phosphorus, phosphorus. So I need a supplement with phosphorus. What's the best You've form gotta, of phosphorus? You, uh, you think is good? I, I go to a garden store. I I couldn't tell you. Okay. I think you I think you do buy it in a powder, but that is your problem because I have that problem continually. I make my own compost. Yeah, me too. And I buy. And I plant stuff in compost that I've bought, mm-hmm. and I probably p- pass on plagues and diseases because, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure my compost is getting hot enough, and I'm yeah. not really good about what I'm putting in there. But it's mostly kitchen stuff. Yeah. But even so, um, but it's, it's, I think it's probably too rich, too rich soil. That may be what you suffer from, well, which is what I think it's definitely what I'm suffering have. from. Is the the soil is too rich? That's why all yeah. the, all those grubs are in there. Because typically, I think grubs yeah. mean your soil is really has got a lot of organic matter for them to eat. And so I I took I got like five bags <coughs> of topsoil and mixed it in for this for, for my second spring planting because I feel like like the peas, all that second spring stuff likes well drained, sort of yeah, not yeah, super yeah. nutritious soil, right? Maybe add sand. Yeah, Ooh, I, I've added some sand and rocks, but I that topsoil does have a pretty good amount of sand in it. It looks like it looks like it does, you know. So it's got that uh-huh. that grainy kind of sandy yeah, yeah, yeah. texture. Then maybe let me close the window there, okay. breaking up a rock below me. <laughs> um, the, the, that's what they do in San Miguel. They build, they build like crazy here. People okay. are always building. Mexicans are so they're they're naturally born architects. Really? You know? Uh, yes. Oh my God. They. I mean, look at the pyramids. Yeah. The people true. here build all the time. <laughs> they they really know how to build. Kids grow up knowing how to build stuff. That's you know? interesting. I guess yeah, I never thought about you. that, but it's yeah. You're in the heart of it there, aren't you? Yes, I'm very much in the heart of it. Yeah. It's it's, it's fabulous. I love it. Yeah. But the building does drive you crazy after a while. You have this background of 
hammers hitting on stone constantly, like in, like in a prison. What are know? they doing? They're breaking rock? <laughs> They're breaking rock to fit them into a wall. Okay. Interesting. You know? Well, you have, a lot, you have a lot of carved rock here. It's beautiful. You know, I mean, our houses are both adobe, Ooh. which is not, not, they make a lot of adobe here. People don't build with it so much, but. They make the like adobe. It. Huh? They, they make, make the adobe. Yeah, yeah, they make it. You make, you make it out of dirt and you add something to it to make it uh, a little bit more resistant to water and to expanding and shrinking and crumbling, you know. What do they add but, there? Pardon me? What do they, they add, add to it, Pardon me? I, oh, so what do, they, what do they add to it? Do you know? They add a petroleum something, hmm. some, some chemical. They add it to the mixture of mud, et cetera, et cetera, and straw. Hmm. And I don't know what else goes in Adobe. It's a very poisonous thing to make because oh, they make really? it out in the. Well, they make it out in the countryside. It's a poor community sort of thing. There, hmm. I mean, there are conglomerates that make Adobe, but mostly the communities make it. And so Pueblos are known for their adobe. And to make it, you have to build this giant uh, oven. Okay. And you, you bake. Oh, not, I mean, you finish it that way. That, I'm thinking more of brick, actually. Right, okay. But brick, that does require that. Adobe requires less, less baking. It doesn't require any baking, actually. No, hmm. I think of it. Big, it's just forming, forming, and then you add the, the petroleum, and then you let it sit. You know, and that's kind of it. I'm in. I mean, they're making an adobe garden that has a it has a door for the raccoons. It oh, that's there you go. Has a maze. They go in the maze and they get confused yeah. and they come out. And next yeah. thing you know, they're in the neighbor's uh-huh. yard. There we go. Something like that. Uh, yeah. What el- so? What else are you growing right now? That's interesting. What else is going on? Uh, um, what else? I start? I've kind of started my winter's greens. Um, so what, what are those exactly? Uh, what's what's doing well now? Um, sorrel is doing well. Cilantro is doing really well. Okay. Planting cilantro now because it, it gets too hot otherwise, mm-hmm. and it shoots up right away. So I plant a lot of cilantro. Pars- my parsley is doing great. All my peas have started up. Um, I, I got to start my peas today. Yeah, peas are so nice because they're pretty responsive. They're yeah. pretty fast. They're you so know fast. if they if 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 they're gonna work. I mm-hmm. think. But I was just thinking about your 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 sideways yard, mm-hmm. the yard that had the white wall and the concrete in front. Right. Can you break up the concrete a little no. bit? Can you give yourself an edge? I can't Maybe because it's inches? it's not like it's not our. I don't own the house. Oh, okay. Well, it's also right next to a reason. pool. Next to a pool. Yeah. So that, that there's a it's a compound problem that I didn't realize. I initially thought it was going to be the perfect place to grow. I spent all this time building this box. I spent <laughs> an entire day uh-huh. all by myself with the with the incense cedar, and I planned it out. And I uh, did all. It's a great. It's a great box, but I feel like it's only good for the winter at this point because it gets so hot. Well, that's probably that's yeah. probably true. Then I, think, I mean, if that's, yeah. you can't change the sun. No, you, you know? can't. You can't. You cannot change the sun. Like even my okra, it does. It just like it just oh my is God, not. Okra. Yeah, it doesn't do well at all. Because like, really, I, yeah, it's just it's too hot. Just too hot. I Try the okra now. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've never grown okra successfully. See, so. I think it doesn't get hot enough though for them for the, for the okra. It's just not that because now it's it's nice and cool and it's going to stay cool for a while. So 
I th- I'm thinking next year, I basically next summer I'm just gonna do just peppers in there, peppers and eggplant yeah. and sunflower, something that just like something that just really is like uh, something that's gonna grow in the sun. Yeah, basically. just yeah. like a bunch of all sunflowers or something that just is yeah, a that sounds great. All sunflowers. Yeah, maybe some borage. Yeah, borage seems to do well no matter what. Yeah. It's like once you plant it, it's there. I used to. Get... We have a we have a real problem with too much rain here. Really, too it's much a, rain. Yeah, too much rain. The, our summers, our rainy season is from. Well, if we're lucky, it's from June to about September, maybe the beginning of October, oh, wow. and it's three months of very heavy, steady rain. Mm-hmm. And it's not all day rain. It comes from hurricanes on either side of us, comes right. in from the Pacific or the Gulf, and also things come down from Texas. You know, storms yeah. come in. so you get it from all sides. Yeah, we get, we get it from three sides, basically. Rarely does it come in. It comes in from Mexico City to the south, but that's mm-hmm. after a storm has blown in from the Isthmus, and then it's coming up. Usually it's kind of rained out from the south. Yeah. But we still get a lot of storms. We get a lot of passing stuff. Hmm. and circulating stuff. If it's a big storm and it's really circulating, we're going to get it. Ultimate, eventually, it seems like. So that brings in all kinds of heavy tropical moisture, mm-hmm. heavy downpours, I mean, big drops. Oh, yeah, the big really, drops are devastating. Yeah, and you really have to, you, you have to build your houses and plant your gardens knowing that you're going to get a ton of water over a short period of time for a limited amount of the year. And we catch all of our rainwater here, and we catch our bath water as well. Oh, cool. And we cycle it. Gray water. Well, hmm, gray, gray water and rainwater, both. Right. And That's cool. We, well, when we built the house, they were going through a drought here, kind of, and we'd, in California, as you know, we've had succession of droughts. Yeah. And people in Texas have had droughts. But we, when we built the house, we were talking to permaculture people. There's a very large permaculture culture mm-hmm. or, civil, or group here that was very active in the 90s. And we went to them for advice, and they said, oh, you know, do this, don't plant that, mm-hmm. don't plant acacia. Uh, for example, uh, they're water hogs. Do this tree next to this tree. Acacias are water hog. Yes, mm-hmm. acacias are water hog, and they say they say that and it grows easily here. Also, you know, mm-hmm. and hakarandas. We we had a giant hakaranda. They said take that out. It's a water hog, and it's true. You took it out, and the plants around it grew a lot better. Like a pepper tree, you don't want to have a pepper tree in your land because nothing will grow underneath it, and it's a water hog. The pink pepper so, tree, right? The peppercorn. Like yeah, the the giant. Uh, I think it comes from Peru ultimately, oh, okay. uh, originally. Yeah, it's like a big yeah. It's got, got the peppercorn. Um, so they helped us, and they really kind of put the the fear of God about water usage here because I'm in Mexico and things are not quite as. Uh, Robust. Centrally, well, they're not as centrally uh, controlled. Okay. Mexico is a far more democratic country than America. Really interesting. Uh, yes, it, it really, it really is. It, it's it, thing which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a lot. You feel like you have a lot more power 
out in the countryside somewhere, um, but you have fewer services and you can't sue people. And okay. your, your municipality that you're paying your very small taxes to is doing nothing for you, usually. <laughs> okay. And, and everybody is corrupt, you know, and, and very, as a new mayor comes in, he makes his money doing, giving out handouts, just like in Chicago or New York okay. or Los Angeles, yeah. you know. It's the same system that exists, it's just that you have fewer recourses here. But, but there are all these gringos here as well okay. who expect and demand and insist, and there are all these NGOs here. There's last time I checked, there was more than 80 uh, non-governmental organizations based in San Miguel. Wow. Uh, the, the Audubon Society for all of Latin America is based in San Miguel. and started mm. here in the 80s. Um, so there's a very robust, uh, I would say, alternative culture in, in many ways, mm-hmm. both Mexican and, and gringo and foreign, not just gringo, not just American. Right. Um, Doesn't gringo mean that, foreigner? Gringo is kind of it mostly means American. Okay. It doesn't mean Canadian. It doesn't mean Canadian. Okay. It means American. <laughs> it means us. You know, yeah. we're we're the jerks. We're the we're the ones with the loud voices, and we talk loudly when we don't speak Spanish. We talk louder in English. You know, really. So you'll understand me. I'll repeat it louder in English. You know? <laughs> that that that's vanishing. That's vanishing. Thank God. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's. You're kind of on your own here, but you also have this alternative culture that's here, and the the uh, organic community here exists. There's organic communities throughout Mexico. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mexican growing is basically organic because it's poor people's growing. You can't afford fertilizer. Right. So it's, yeah, that's what con- I, I remember reading a. Uh... Has that book that this guy Jimmy Williams wrote about that? He is, his mother, his grandmother was from a, a group of people called the Gullah, which is like a, uh-huh. a former slave community of West Africans who settled in like South Carolina area. Oh, on the islands. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. And they, and they, and they, uh, they were, they're seed savers and they also uh-huh. do, you know, they're, they do their own composting. Like composting is a big thing. Right. This he learned from his grandmother, all because this is all based in, like you're saying, it's not based on anything other than this is all you have, so you have to do it this way, and it ends up becoming right. the best way because it's the uh, it's the best use of everything. Yes, and it's the cleanest, mm-hmm. and you have a limited right. amount of land, and you don't want to screw up your land with some chemical that some guy sold you or some seed that you can't regrow. Right. So which then, is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, it's you have to be careful because you don't have a lot of you don't have any money your your incidents for failure you can't you can't you can't fuck stuff up otherwise you're gonna have to pay right. for it yeah you can't right. afford to they they there you see on the we there's a costco here about mm-hmm. 40 minutes away that we go to about once a month um and on the way you see the you see corn gmo corn growing right. with you know signs outside saying what it is in Spanish. Right. Or they're just labeled with numerology and you know that this is a GMO plot in some way. But it, that was a big, huge, huge issue for Mexico, the passing of NAFTA, which, you know, 45 claims he's going to get rid of, but it, it, that was the, I can remember when NAFTA was just coming in and I was asking waiters and farmers as I traveled around Mexico, are you worried? Mm-hmm. And they were all worried. And mostly the farmers were all worried about seed. 
Oh, see. That was their main concerns. Like, well, they were worried that, that American corn was going to come down here and take over their business, which it kind of has. Yeah. That has kind of happened. You know, and you, you get more GMO corn. I get more GMO corn probably in the tortillas that I buy at my neighborhood tortilleria. Okay, wow. I, there's a machine that's back there. It's grinding out tortillas and flipping them over, and they're coming in on a conveyor belt, and they look lovely and natural, but I'm sure it's GMO corn. Yeah. It's got to be, you know? It's the cheapest. And it's just what's, it's, it's everywhere. It's like it's in the air. Yes. Yeah, it's in the air. It's totally, it's totally in there. Yeah. But even so, the, the organic community here, I mean, that's because we're, we're such a rich town. Mm-hmm. Where we have a lot of foreigners, we have a lot of rich Mexicans, a lot of middle class Mexicans, mm-hmm. um, but they're not residents. Now, most of them are not residents. I mean, people who live here, live on this economy, they struggle, yeah. undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, they struggle because the peso gets weaker and the prices go up. Because when the peso gets weak, the prices go up. Okay. And even a peso fluctuation in the rate between the peso and the dollar can drive up, you know, pe- people drive up, raise their prices by 15%. It's insane. And wow. they're, it's a lot. Because people will pay it. And there are people who are coming here with money, a lot of foreigners with money. They don't notice the difference. Yeah. They don't see it. That's always how it is. It it's always uh, the, the price is what people, what people right. will pay. If you, someone will what people pay will it. pay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's... But, but you can still, I mean, because of this, because of this economy, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a guy in town, he and his wife are growing these beautiful oyster mushrooms in their basement, wow. and they're going out and gathering reishi and lion's mane during rainy season, wow. and they bring in, bring in this wild mushroom, and they dry it or sell it fresh. There's a woman, a friend of ours, who's growing organic beef on organic farmland, and you know you can buy the bones for your bone broth, oh, cool. or buy the meat <laughs> if you're a flesh, flesh eater. Yeah. Um, there's all these organic chocolates that come from Veracruz because all these kind of wandering hippie entrepreneurs like like uh, the, the mushroom grower guy. Yeah. We did a story a story on him for for a modern farmer because it was it, he he was from Mexico City. He mm-hmm. grew up like a modern kid in Mexico City, but he was really into mushrooms. And he used to go out into the hills about mushroom, about Mexico City and gather them and started learning more. Went to Oaxaca and learned from the mushroom growers there because there's a whole profession uh, of people of, um, what do they call them? Ongo, ongero, H-O-N-G-E-R-O. And Ongero is a mushroom hunter. Oh, okay. And it's, you it's with an H, right? Because I, I call them hongos. <laughs> hongos, hongos, oh yeah. yeah. Same though, well, you're close. People, yeah. they'll, you know, Mexicans would understand you because they're very forgiving. Okay. <laughs> um, but he studied with these hongueros about how to commercialize mm-hmm. in a way, make money gathering mushrooms and growing mushrooms. And these kind of people come to San Miguel because we've got these high-end restaurants and mm-hmm. these high-end hotels and these weddings, and people pay really good money for delicacies. You know, for yeah. for well cooked food and, right. uh, that involves oyster mushrooms, that kind of, for example. Yeah. You know, but you and you get that along with all the traditional Mexican based cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, variations of that: Nouvelle fusion, traditional posada. You know, portales. You know, stuff that you would eat on the street off of uh, an outside grill, or stuff that you would eat you know, on linen. You know, or stuff that you would eat for a certain, certain
certain celebrations or holidays or what's in season. That right now, what's big for September or October is when all the uh, oh, what am I? Granitas? What do they call in, in in English? What's it uh, called? Pomegranates. Oh, pomegranate. uh, no, pomegranates. Pomegranates are all they they come into season actually last month, okay. month before, and. They're red, and so a t- traditional di- dish for, sept- for September 12th for Independence Day is red, green, and white because okay. of the colors of the Mexican flag. Right. So the red is always going to be a uh, granita, a uh, pomegranate. Pomegranate and green chilies and then crema, some sort of cream on mm. top. Sounds good. Well, you, yeah, you, you you make a you stuff a uh, Santa Fe chili. I mean, you make uh, essentially it's like a like a it's like a chili relleno kind of mm-hmm. the same pepper as the chili relleno, but you stuff it full of rice and picadillo, uh, which is ground beef or ground chicken or yeah. any kind of ground meat, and then onions and peppers and stuff. And you stuff it, and you have this green sauce on top and crema and. And you bake it, and potatoes. Often it has potatoes. Also. I'm in. I want it right now. My stomach is literally growling <laughs> at this moment. I can't believe this it. Is a gr- this is a great town for yeah. food. You know, it's, I have it's to, a great... I think we have to visit yeah. now. I'll have to come down there. I feel like I want well, to check it out. Yes, people, we just had... Uh, I don't know if you know... Do you know Ron Athey? No, I don't. He's, he's a pretty well-known performance artist. He was in, our neighbor in, in Silver Lake for mm-hmm. years. Oh, cool. And... He was just here. He does, like, there's a lot of artists here. That's cool. And, and they're starting to come down from L.A. as well, which is kind of nice to see familiar faces, kind of. Because this yeah. has been such, a, such an East Coast town for years. I mean, a lot of New Yorkers would come here before Los Angeles people did. Yeah, because it's such a different thing. It's, well, yeah, it's, uh, Californians kind of think of the beach, I think. And yeah. we're, not, <laughs> we're not close to the beach. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I say no thank you to the beach. I prefer the mountains. I, I, there's, there's a lot more to do at the mountains. At the beach, yeah. you go to the beach, which is great, and you drink and you get sunburned. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the desert with a mirror attached to it. Yes, exactly. It's, you know, it's, there's a lot to see here besides the beach. Well, there's, Jeff, what, like a lot of culture. Where can people, uh, is there people can want to read more of, of your writing and stuff? Where's a great place to, uh, just, to check I in? would say just, just do a just do a Google on my cool. name and and if you know L.A. Times Travel and Leisure, I don't know what are the references. Cool. I'll, I'll send a there. link here uh, to the uh, Modern Farmer stuff. That's such an interesting uh, publication too. It is an interesting publication. They're uh, they're they're kind of you know walking the talk. Yeah. In some ways, <laughs> it seems like they're they're high end and East Coast and blah blah blah. Yeah. But but they, they still I do admire them. I do admire them. Yeah, I see this article you have here about the, the mushroom grower. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rishi. Cool. Uh, no, not Rishi. What is his name? Alec, uh, uh, Arif. Arif. Arif, yeah. Arif, yeah. <laughs> I like saying things wrong immediately. It's cool. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me. I really appreciate oh, it. And no we, problem. I can't uh, wait so to catch up I, again. How, 
How do I how do I listen to this? Uh, you go to uh, uh, well, I'll tell right now to listeners, and I'll tell you. You go to uh, you can go to iTunes and you search Live to Tape podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. it should come up Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton. Or you can also search it on however else you listen on Stitcher, or you can also listen on the Feral Audio website if that's convenient for you. But either way, it's easy to find. You just yeah, like again, you just Google it, Google it up, search it up. Okay. Well, it was great talking to you, Johnny. Thank, Thank you, Jeff. You very good, much. Luck. good luck with the ground squirrels and the sun and everything else. Okay, you too. Take with care. The raccoons. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. Jeff Spurrier, author, gardener, uh, man, a fountain of knowledge there. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's got, the guy knows so much stuff. I just can't believe it. It's like... I could talk to him for a long time. I, I, I want so badly now to go to this, go to this San Miguel de Allende. Everyone, that's the that's the uh, the ending of the podcast. There, that's how I'm gonna end it. Uh, thank you for joining me. It was really fun. Uh, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to go to the Patreon and to email me any necessary information at live to tape podcast at gmail.com. I'm gonna finish it off with a song by Thin Lizzy called "Mama Nature Said." Very appropriate. Very appropriate to what we've talked about today. It's really appropriate, actually. I'd say it's, it's pretty appropriate. It's actually like, significantly appropriate given what we've talked about. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's definitely like a, it's kind of a good vibe. It's a good sound. It's like, okay. My mama nature say It's more what you do Thank you.